people are going to be writing about us for the rest of our lives probably, and after we're dead. So I intend to either confuse the issue so much they never knew what was going on, or to try and keep shoving out bits and bits. So as whoever is bothered to be looking at it in the future, the people that really know will sort out, you know, they'll know what was going on a bit. There's a lot of books about the Beatles and a lot of theories. And I try not to read them, and whenever I do, the first thing is like, oh, that's wrong. Everywhere you go, trying to find out any little bit of dirt that they can write about you. Beatles is Beatles, that Beatles, Beatles, Beatles. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what people say. You can't live all your life by what they want. Another Kind of Mind, a different kind of Beatles podcast by Another Kind of Mind. Good morning, Phoebe. Hello. Hello. So you got a chance to speak with the lovely May Pang again. I did. We are so very lucky. She kindly fit us into her busy, busy schedule. Of course, I was very grateful for any extra time I could have with her before her team rushed her onto her next interview <laughs> because she is so in demand right now. We didn't get a lot of time and she actually had other appearances that day and I could not be greedy. So I only <laughs> got like 15 minutes, um, but because my time was limited, I got down to business as quickly as possible and tried to use the time wisely. I assume that as always, May was delightful and funny and lovely and pleasant yes she was just as lovely as she was the last time and always is because because she is the real deal and that she is, her. is the real deal yeah. yes also when i emailed her this week i asked about her thoughts on now and then you did you went there absolutely absolutely i definitely nice. wanted to get her take on that since there's been so much chatter lately about who inspired john to write it yeah what'd she say so i asked many articles about the song have speculated that john wrote the original song for either paul or yoko but many fans also speculate that john may have written it for you do you have any opinion on this theory or care to comment and may responded as for the new song now and then i'm just glad that the remaining beatles got a chance to finish something john started we'll just leave it at that for the moment wow i know right and incredibly classy as always as always indeed way to I go know. phoebe thank getting you the, getting the scoop yeah by the way may is currently in texas with her photo exhibit entitled the lost weekend um, she's currently in Fort Worth and will be there until December 10th. So for anybody in the Fort Worth, USA area, go check her out. Well, that is great. And I can't wait to hear the interview. And we, of course, urge, implore everyone to see The Lost Weekend, A Love Story. If you haven't already, it's now available for purchase on DVD and Blu-ray and is streaming on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, YouTube, and Vudu. As always, thank you for listening. Here's my second talk with May Peng.
You sound very, very busy these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you know, it went from zero to a hundred and, <laughs> yeah. you know, no time. I saw you on Morning Joe. Morning Joe. I love yep. that. I have to tell you. Um, I know I said at the end, you know, John would have loved to have been on. John <laughs> was so into understanding the world. He wanted to learn more. Um, I think he would have loved to have been on there to speak about first the music, the fact that Joe yeah. loved music, but the idea that he would like to always know about the political views of everyone to try and, sit and get that understanding. Cause he used to do that with his lawyer. You know, he would sit down and goes, <laughs> can you tell me, will there ever be any peace between this and that group? And, you know, give me the reason why and why not, you know, yeah. so he would have loved the, the show now if, if he was around. I know that. Yeah. Nice. Well, it, so much horrible stuff going on in the world right now. I'm, I'm very happy to be able to talk about something else for a moment. I agree. Yeah, it's pretty crazy out there. Okay. So, first of all, thank you. I was just re-watching the movie. Um, I loved it. I had a great time watching it in the theater, and I had a great time again re-watching it. The pacing is great. It's a really entertaining watch, you know, even... Even though I, I know your story pretty well, like I've read your book many times and all that sort of stuff. It was great to just see everything brought to life with the animation and everything. So it's a really great movie. I'm very happy to recommend it. I'm glad that it's on DVD now. That'll be fantastic. And I'm happy to give a little extra push right before the holidays to our well, listeners. But since we have a, a small amount of time, I just, I picked a couple of my like top questions to just sort of bear down on right off okay and the first question the biggest question since we are on our show john and paul obsessives my question would be about the sort of john paul yoko mindfuck situation <laughs> in early 1974 yoko approached paul and said you know i'm very concerned about john paul said what can i do to help yoko said well you know here's a list of things that he could do to win me back you know and th that story is obviously in the movie but i would like to hear your take on that because yoko and paul pretty much tell the same story paul says that yoko came to him yoko says paul was in new york and visited her which you know who, who knows kind of doesn't matter but um didn't make sense is that it what doesn't make a, yeah yeah it, I, I, no, I, I get i get it I, I i know that's where you were going and being diplomatic about it i see <laughs> i what it is is that i found out that yoko had approached paul which every someone said to me the other day and just i don't get it I said, I guess to Paul, he didn't know me. I'm a new person. I'm the new kid yeah. on the block. Uh, and he probably said, well, I know Yoko. Let me see what she says. Well, and, you know, you, you heard the laundry list, and that's what she gave <laughs> yeah. him. And he comes out, and he says, hey, you know, do you want to get back? And, you know, he tells that, and he goes to John, and he says it. And John says to him, I've moved on. Yoko and I have moved on. He has no idea that Yoko had called Paul. 
So okay. Paul's kept that apart from John, never saying, oh, Yoko's, you know, called me to come in. You know, he just sort of like says it in a sense that, uh, oh, I was talking to her, you know, so it never, uh, do you really love her? You know, that type of thing. But not really understanding that it was Yoko who did the initiation of this whole thing. I see. You know, it makes it different. It's a, it's not like, you know, I'm sure that he probably said, tell him that I, that you, you called me instead type of thing. Cause that's, that's this, I've seen that scenario before in the house where, mm. uh, you know, if you think about the thing with Julian in yeah. that the piece that, that happened there, you know? So, you know, cause John came back to tell me that Paul said, you know, he's asked me if I want to go back with, with Yoko. And I told him we we're fine and we've, we've moved on. So never knowing that it was actually Yoko who's initiated this whole thing in the background. I see. So, because John said to me, he goes, Paul doesn't understand. We, you know, Yoko yeah. and I will always be, love each other, but I've moved on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure Yoko didn't open up to Paul and say, I'm afraid that he's in love with May Pang. You know, no, I'm sure no. she get, who knows what she told him about the situation. Right. right. So, so that's, so that's why it got caught in that scenario, you know, and people didn't understand, but what they don't understand is that she really initiated and she did that also with, um, at one point also with, with uh, Aunt Mimi. Really? In England. Yes. And Mimi uh, later couldn't understand why she wasn't put on the phone with John when yeah. she told, you know, apparently she told, because uh, I heard it from somebody else who Mimi had talked about, you know, talked with. And and um, Mimi says, I don't understand why I wasn't on the phone with John. And she comes in to tell me that I just spoke to John. Why didn't you put me on the phone with him? You know, mm. here's something. Mean. And then she sort of figured it out. She goes, oh, I'm not going to be a pawn to this. She got up and left. Yeah. So she went back home. Okay. So I guess my, so I guess two questions is like, number one, just what is, obviously we don't, we can't mind read, but what's your feeling of why Paul went along with this? Do you think he just didn't, he didn't know anything about you? No. So he was just trying to help him be nice. I'm assuming that's. I would th no. I tend to think that that's where it goes. You know, I I don't think it, uh, it was any more than you know. Oh, we have another person in the mix. Yeah. You know, maybe you know is it better or worse than camp? You know, where yeah. we are. So maybe I should just go along and find out whoever this person is. Is John really ready? You know, now we're into another phase, you know? Could be. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem that he has much to gain by getting them back together. Right. Right. <laughs> so, absolutely. It's hard to see it, that he has any ulterior motive in there other than. I just think just that he of... didn't know me and I probably was more concerned that, oh, you know, here's another new person. Do, do we start all over again? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess my other question is why, why do you think Yoko involved Paul in that way? Do you think he was just a convenient, like she, he was just somebody that she thought would go along 
with her plan or do you think that she chose him for a specific reason that i can't really answer because i think she i think um maybe you feel him out i i really don't know that the answer to that question that one i really never really thought about um except maybe uh it would have been a surprise coming from paul you know yeah and maybe maybe was there could maybe would the thinking be like well paul thinks it's a good idea <laughs> could be he's sensible you know, maybe he knows something i don't know it could be yeah it could be on that it could be on that level you know um never really thought because after john said eh, I'm, I'm moved on you know there's there wasn't anything more to think about so i didn't yeah i don't think um any of us really thought about you know john came to me and told me and he said you know can you believe that he goes that Paul thought, you know, should I? He goes, I had to tell him. He goes, that we've moved on. We still love each other, but we moved on. So not knowing, that's how you can tell that he didn't know that Yoko was behind this this whole thing. Yeah. Did, so I know that Yoko, you know, as, as you said in the movie, you know, all the phone calls were vetted through Yoko. She had to approve all the phone calls that reached John. Um and there and people have talked over the years of Paul's calls not being put through. So apparently he was one of many, you know, <laughs> who were not allowed to talk to John anytime he wanted. But um when you talked to Yoko, because she checked in constantly, you know, during the time during the time that you were together, did she ask about Paul ever? Never. Really? interesting it even after that incident there was no mention no she never asked about paul in fact i you know she although i would assume and i'm trying to remember but i would assume because she called every day people thought that john called her but it was actually the other way around um i'm sure he mentioned to her oh that paul stopped by and, uh, and I'm sure she said, oh, what did he say? What was it like? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm sure he said, oh, you know, Paul was talking if how we were doing. And I told him we've moved on, which is something that she didn't expect to hear from him. Right. So so he's relaying the conversation he had with Paul to her. Yeah. And so she now knows, well, that didn't work. Now yeah, we got right? to another plan. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it yeah. you know. Because okay. she called all the time, so. I'm but sure she would mentioned. play that cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I've seen that. Yes. Okay. Um, can I ask you just a little bit about the Malibu house? Sure. Um, I know well, actually, let me let me yeah. let me correct you. People yes. think it's Malibu, but it isn't. It's Santa Monica. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's probably my fault for I'm no, it isn't. My... That everybody thought it was Malibu, so don't even think about that. It's actually in Santa Monica. <laughs> I think we're confusing it with the Barbie Dream House. Like she had a Malibu Dream House, didn't she? Uh, did she? I listen. <laughs> that Dream House. I like to have that Dream House. Okay, might be what I'm what, what I'm confusing it with. But so in that house where you guys all room together, um. I got the impression that other than John, you were closest to Harry. Is that true? No, I think we were close. Well, Harry being because it was because it was his album. Yeah. You know, 
and uh, we were doing Pussycats and he hung around us a lot while we were there. Um, but we had Ringo who was mm -hmm. open when he was in town. So all the boys were really all close, but Harry was the one that was like the glue at that moment with yeah. us, you know? Um, who did you get along with the best? Who did you, who were you like most friendly with out of all of them? I was friendly with all of them. Yeah. I was, I was really friendly with the whole lot, the complete lot um, from Ringo to Harry, even to Keith Moon, who was yeah. very kind and very sweet. Yeah. Um, I noticed that I made a note of that in your book. You said he was, he's, he was really cool. He was very cool. He re he was very respectful. It was very funny because he moved in the first night uh, or when he got in the day and he's moving into the room next door and he goes, May, come here. And he's like this and he's <laughs> motioning me. And I said, what is it? And he opens up the top dresser drawer and, he, and he's got, it's like a pharmacy. And he goes, do you need anything? Oh my God. And I said, uh, Good. you know, cut me off guard. And I said, you know what? No, no, I, I really don't. I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. Uh, but it should I need something, I'll come to you. <laughs> Obviously, uh, you know, I didn't even like taking an aspirin, never mind anything else. I was like, okay. But he was the he was very, very sweet. I was always um uh one day he took a little too much of I think it was quaaludes at the time. And I remember he, his reaction was was weird. And later on, I said to John, I, I said, what should we do? And he said, I don't know, let, let him sleep it off and let's see what happens. And he came down later and he, uh, he goes, I heard you were very worried about me. And I said, yes. <laughs> and he goes, you can see I'm fine now. He goes, typical, <laughs> you know, fashion, you know, Keith fashion. I, I took more than I should. And, and uh, so I, I reacted, but I'm okay now. And I said, okay, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like oh my god you know I didn't know what to do I've never seen it it's like oh my god that's so funny yeah um what about uh Klaus Vorman he was in the the house as well yes he was there too did you get Klaus... along well with him was he did yeah. he a part of the crew as well yeah he was part of the musicians uh, that were that were going to the studio but he was more to himself then it wasn't mm -hmm. so much that he didn't he was not a uh a party animal when when um harry tried to drag him out you know it was <laughs> not that so he wasn't he wasn't in there uh it was easy to drag out ringo because really ringo was his best friend um so it was ringo and keith in the house easy yeah. to take him out let's go and they left <laughs> you know okay nice and and you got along with with klaus was he nice to you Oh yeah, but uh, you know, okay. Klaus, Klaus was nice, but you know, he was very reserved. Yeah. Okay. Um, can I just go through a couple of random questions that I sure. just I would love go to know it. the answers to these. Okay, so there's a story in your book about John and Yoko when they were at Tittenhurst, how they would lock themselves in their bedroom at night. <laughs> Is that? It's because it's not explicitly stated why. It's just a weird behavior. But I always wondered, like, is that um, just weird paranoia? Are they trying to keep themselves away from drugs? Are they trying to not 
midnight snacking or you know like what, what i just think I, I think it's probably at that time and you know what they weren't off they weren't far wrong you know with what's going on now in this world right now it was an alarm system i was not used to so i guess in that sense back then we would think paranoia maybe but you know you get crazies and look what happened to to yeah. uh to george harrison you know people break in and that was that was the thing but i wasn't used to it that the first that the last person at night once they go in that the last person that leaves and the way the system worked was that they were a prisoner in their own home you know yeah. like nowadays there's a you know you can you can do individual like you can unlock and lock yourself in and still wander around the house they couldn't it was whoever the last one out and yeah. put on the alarm that was it wow that's crazy so it's almost like they're sleeping in a safe room yeah in that sense and i guess that's the way wow. um back then and just so you know you know we're talking 1971 that that's how the the you know the uh safety worked back then okay uh, let's see. Okay. I have a, a, a question about primal scream therapy. That was, came up a few different times and obviously, you know, you weren't privy to the primal scream therapy, only John Janov and I guess Yoko know, yes. you know, really what went on in there. But, um, oh, there was an incident where you, you and John ran into Janov on the street like at a club or something in LA that was weird and then um and then of course with the smoking cure um when he came back and told you about it he said it was like it reminded him of primal scream therapy and he was throwing up and I was wondering if you know or if you have any thoughts or any theories or ideas about why the throwing up cure would be like primal therapy like what is the connection or does that can we extrapolate from that that there was vomiting involved in primal scream therapy yeah i guess you know because i don't know primal therapy except uh towards the end when john and i ran into john off in on sunset boulevard he um he was he was not happy with way things were going way back when, you know. Um, he sort of yelled at John off and said, "Yoko saved me," and and, yeah. I, and I said, "What do you mean by that?" Because you know, um, John off was taking me down the wrong road, and I said, "But you're the one who's promoting. It. You two are promoting it, so yeah, I don't right. understand this." And so he said, um, "You know that." Uh, Yoko uh, uh, saw that it was not the correct route, so whatever it may be. So I thought, all right, so whatever. So now when, when it came to the method of quitting smoking and hypnosis, uh, the hypnosis, I can't tell you what I just, all I remember yeah. is I said, what what happened in that? He says, I drank tea and then I would throw up and I'm like, okay. That's all I got out of that, you know, yeah. so I don't know. Okay. So that's, that one's still going to remain a mystery. 
<laughs> Unless we find out something later. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I've been told that was my last question. So I just really want to thank you so much for giving us some more time and for coming back on. And I really appreciate it. You are well, a lovely you. person. And I wish only the best things to come to you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Maybe we'll catch each other somewhere down the line. That would be great. That would be great. Okay. Thank you, May. <laughs> Thank Have a you. great day. You too. Bye. Thank you, thank you for listening to Another Kind of Mind. Check us out on social media or visit our website at anotherkindofmind.com. You can also email us at acompodcast at gmail.com. And if you like us, you can always leave us a nice review or recommend us to others. Absolutely. Thank you. Like and subscribe. Have a good day. Be safe. Bye-bye.